So are you are you from? We are from Sherbrooke. Oh, okay. Where where exactly is that? Um, uh, you know uh, the, the 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 highway uh, number ten. Okay. Yeah. You just go all the you way there until the way. you you reach Sherbrooke. And uh, that's east, north, uh, west, west. I think. Um, I'm pretty bad in geography. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm from Vancouver, so this is actually like my first trip traveling outside of Vancouver, but still in Canada. Normally, I go to other countries, but it's one of the first times I've ever traveled in the same country. Um, So yeah, the levels sound good, so cool starting. All right. What's your name and what's your game? I'm uh, Mikael Fauter. I'm working on the... The game Brainstorm uh, with my team uh, Golden Laugh. It's pretty much a party game. Okay. Like. Um, so is party part of the title? Because I see it says Brainstorm yeah, it's, Party. It's part of the, the, the title. Okay. It, it, at first, uh, we did this game in the Pixel Challenge in Quebec uh, in April. And uh, we only had one uh, mode. And uh, every comment we had was pretty much positive. So we, we said, why not continue? And we had some more uh, game modes, like the racing one, uh, the dodgeball one, etc. Yeah. The first one was the, bra- the, the, the Brainstorm, which was uh, a team game, a corporation version, a corporation mode. And we share IDs to complete uh, a bigger uh, form yeah. in black. Uh, and yeah, the main idea was to uh, get the, 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 the most uh, ID completed uh, uh, as fast as possible, the more accurate possible. Did you guys all work at that as part of the game jam? Or yeah. was it or was it cuz it's a party game so it makes me think that you guys yeah. took four game jams and pushed <laughs> no. them together into a game. Uh, like I said, uh, in the Pixel challenge we had uh, 48 hours to complete yeah. the game. And we uh, we were five, one artist, a tree programmer and me as a game designer. Okay. Um, so yeah, we con- we only did uh, this one mod first, which was uh, Brainstorm. Uh, we did have a lot of fun. Uh, one of the comments there, uh, the comments we had from the judge was um, the control was not too uh, really tight, so it was pretty hard to to complete it. Yeah. At first, we we created this mod to make it like go fast, go. Uh, you don't have to be super accurate. You just have to go as uh, far as you can. Uh, but after seeing the judges play, we were like, mm, oops, <laughs> people really like to make it perfect. So they, lost, they, they were uh, wasting a lot of time to make it perfect. Yeah. So we did change it, and now the controls are really tight. So it's a, top, it's a top-down game. Like, I just played it. Yeah. So um, <laughs> just, just for context, it's a, top, it's a top-down game that has somewhat tank controls and that you use the triggers to rotate. Mm-hmm. Was that there initially when, when you <laughs> heard those comments, or did you have a different control screen? Uh, the control was uh, pretty different. At first, we had uh, only the, the A button to hold the, the, the pieces and uh, only the uh, the D-pad, the, not the D-pad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know... Uh, <laughs> Oh, like uh, the analog stick. Yeah, analog yeah. stick. Well, yeah. So it was pretty hard because you was only in a Vulcan to make it go in one way at a time. So turning and moving was the same uh, the same stick. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, it was yeah, really yeah. hard to control. Yeah. We we did like it to make it hard, but 
like I said, we saw the judge play, we see other players, and they were all like this, so we had to change it. So one one thing I always think about party games is like how many how many mini games or, or different types of games uh, do you plan on having? Actually, we have five. Uh, it's on Steam. Uh, it's, it's on, on Steam beta. right now. Yeah, it's on beta. Okay. Early and access? Yeah, early okay, access. Okay, cool. Our game was in early access. It was yeah. great for us. And we, we plan to add at least three other modes. After that, once we reach the or eight modes, uh, we will see if uh, people like this or not. And if they do like this, we plan on doing more uh, modes. Okay, cool. Is there, um, how'd you reach that eight number? <laughs> the feeling, <laughs> the, the IDs. So pretty much uh, right now, we just like, oh, that's, uh, that's a good idea for this. Uh, we can add that. Oh, we can uh, throw balls at each other. Oh, we can make a dungeon-like uh, modes and something like that. So like the dungeon one, we didn't implement it yet, uh, but it's pretty much the next one we want to add it. Is there, uh, are you guys getting kind of ideas from the community right now, or uh, is it mostly just coming internally? It's pretty much coming from us, because we don't have a big community, we're a new company, yeah. so there's not a lot of players who are working on beta, on, on an unknown studio like us, so uh, yes, we receive some comments, we answer them sometimes, and yeah, when, uh, when it makes sense, we really take it into account. And how, how have you guys, because uh, I know different games do a lot of different ways of doing a beta, like there's games where they sell one, like <laughs> 10 copies a day and then yeah. that's it, or you know, like, like that's the limit. And then there's games that do kind of just friends and family, there's games that kind of do it as some sort of reward plan as part of a, of a Kickstarter. How, how'd you get, what was your guys' kind of beta strategy? Uh, like uh, right now we are at MIGS. Uh, we are, uh, we have a lot of meetings with uh, companies to uh, to produce it. So we make the game, we want uh, people to uh, make uh, the publicity and stuff like that. So. We, we really aim to have some uh, company to help us to uh, publish it. Oh, okay. And then kind of keep it in beta until, yeah, until, until you uh, find that partnership. Yeah. Something like, like that. that. Is there anything specific you look for in a uh, partner or publisher or something like that? A publisher, sort of, pretty much. But, like, uh, is there any, any particular things that are important to you in a... Unfortunately, it's more my boss who can answer this yeah. because I'm not really the, the, the money guy, you know. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm so the you want to make a deal that makes <laughs> yeah. sense. And, um, is this your first show that you've been showing at? Uh, yeah, like I said, it's uh, only uh, at. Uh, we did start only at April, oh, okay. so it's pretty new, and we did work on this pretty much on our free time because we have other contracts. Mm -hmm. So we work on other contracts, and when we have a little free time, we work on the brainstorm. Is, uh, do you feel like making a party game with, with mini games is kind of a way of like getting a bunch of experience on a different genres in one, in your first kind of game as a team together? Yeah, it's something like uh, my, my boss is a really big fan of uh, racing games. I'm not really a big fan of these. Yeah. But we, we, really play, we play Mario Kart every day. Yeah, Twice like, a something day, like that. Days. But it's more like a realistic one. So yeah. it's not really that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was pretty much the, the one who worked the most on the programmation on uh, this mod. Uh, Gabriel, the other one, uh, it's the one who worked the more on this. Uh, he's not here. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's the, the main programmer on, on uh, Brainstorm. He came out with uh, the dodgeball one. Mm -hmm. So we changed some rules and yeah. stuff like that. 
yeah, so we really like that to have a lot of uh, diversity in the game modes, so we can reach more people. Hmm. And do you, uh, as the designer on the game, do you have a fondness of puzzles? Is there any like type of <laughs> I, puzzles things that you really enjoy? I, I did a lot of uh, puzzles. Uh, the thing I, the mode I prefer is dodgeball. Uh, there's a lot of uh, mini puzzle we can complete, and I really like to throw balls at the the, the face of my competitor. <laughs> Do you play? Is dodgeball popular out here? Uh, it's actually, super popular in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's pretty much uh, really popular uh, with uh, the people who try it, and they also uh, like uh, the racing one. No, 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 I mean. Like, do you play real dodgeball? Oh, like uh, only when I was at school, unfortunately. It's so popular in Vancouver. There's multiple <laughs> dodgeball leagues. Adults <laughs> playing dodgeball. There's lots of team names with great puns. Yeah, you should do it. It's, it's, yeah, it, they got it here. You should, it's a fun game. Yeah, <laughs> I really game. like it when I was at school. Did you have a mode you played? Like, because we used to play uh, Dr. Dodgeball. <laughs> so there'd be like a doctor. It was more uh, there'd be classic, a doctor yeah. that could like save people. Like they, oh, but if the oh. doctor was out, then it was out for good. Oh, I Did see. You guys I see. Have I see. Any different modes? Uh, because I think we were pretty much classic. Like if you yeah. catch the the flying ball, They're you out. save someone, or if you just don't catch it, you die. <laughs> yeah. Could you block with balls? Like how yeah. do you feel? If yeah. you don't touch your hands or yeah, other parts, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, you just don't want it to, to have it in the nuts. Yeah, yeah, definitely don't want it in the nuts. Um, yeah, well, thanks for being on the question bus. It was a pleasure. Is there anything else you want to plug? Uh, we are also working on uh, Blastibubs, which is a, mo a mobile game. Oh, okay. Um, we're working on it. Uh, it was an old version before, so uh, it's really nothing to do with uh, the new version. How did you get to that title? Uh, we had a contract uh, to You're improve on, like, the game. The name. Uh, Blastibubs? Yeah. Uh, like I said, it was a control. Oh, it was part of the guy. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it's an old game, which oh, was dude. not really popular yeah. because it doesn't. Uh, they didn't have any retention, so no money, no power, no nothing. It was really just go as fast as far as you can, and that was it. It was just score based, and that's it. So we had retention, we had uh, money, we had uh, upgrades, powers, and special bobs, which has special ability. Like okay. changing direction or going past everything, something like that. Cool. Well, thanks for, thanks, and hope you have a good show. Thank you. No. <laughs> what's your name and what's your game? I'm Paul Rebar. I'm the lead 2D artist, or just the 2D artist on uh, Abyss Crew. And I'm Paul Gralomongrin. I'm the lead developer of Abyss Crew. First question, you're wearing sailor stuff. Where'd you get that? Uh, the, the hat is from uh, the Imagine Le Fun, uh, a small Montreal store uh, which sells a costume. And the other one has been uh, made by my mother by buying stuff in the village of Valouse. And, oh, and wow. uh, yeah, it looks uh, it's like a real Captain costume. Did you guys have a lot of like sailing experience growing up? Did you spend a lot of boat time on boats? I was in the Royal Canadian Sea Cadets. Whoa! So that's one thing. And my favorite uh, author when I was a kid was Jules Verne so a little bit I know how to like well I knew how to like rig a sailboat and everything did that did that um, what made you choose this project to work on as a 2D artist um, I like alternate history I like diesel punk I like subs underwater stuff what, what's the difference between diesel punk and steampunk a steampunk is basically the second half of the 1800s and diesel punk is sort of the first half of the 20th century like between sort of 
World War One to the end of World War Two. Oh. So that sort of technology like spin off into different things. Have you been doing any of the UI work on the game? Um, I'm yeah, I've been waiting to do that because we need to nail down all the different mechanics before we can actually start finalizing all the buttons and the UI and stuff. But we're moving into that right now. So I guess it would help to know what the game. What is the game? So Abyss Crew is a submarine multiplayer cooperative game. So people play the crew of the submarine. There is one player which is playing the pilot, there is the gunner, the sonar operator, and the engineer. So there are four different roles, and everyone is uh, important to make the submarine work. Uh, there are a lot of interaction between the, the players. So for example, the gunner has to coordinate with the pilots to align the submarine with enemies. The sonar operator can scan enemies to lock torpedoes on it. The engineer can boost the engine to help the pilot to flee. So this is an adventure game where we play, there is a small role play in it. So we play the crew of the submarine. That's cool. One, one thing I did notice is kind of the different visual aspects of every role of the game. And, and what what you kind of do? Did you have it involved in that kind of direction and that kind of for the UI? Well, like, how do you, yeah, like, like how are you, like, what are the kind of visual differences between the roles and kind of... Well, there aren't many right now because we haven't designed the UI yet, yeah. but, yeah, it's, it's sort of the, the color um, language, like, of course, for sonar, you're going to have green because, like, the, the standard sort of sonar scope, and for um, gunner, you're going to have, like, a warm color because it's, it's to do with, like, weaponry and stuff like that, and, like, um, it's his role comes on when the, when the game gets intense and you run into an enemy sub or like a sea mutant sea creature or something and the pilot is blue I guess it's sort of why is the pilot blue actually uh, we try to have very different colors so uh, blue red green and the last one, the engineer, is pink, but uh, we might change the pink for another color. I mean, I'm a big, big fan of pink. What's the fuchsia? Okay. Uh, it, oh, okay. it looks really uh, retro-futuristic. Uh, yeah. Really 80s, and that's not exactly the theme that we are searching for, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a um, cyberpunk. And I, I came up with a bit of lore, because in the game, um, you're hunting for these aura-calcum crystals, and they have... Um, uh, like, uh, conduction properties and stuff like that so let's say they use them as like a proto like microchip or something that's why crt monitors exist in the 1920s oh okay yeah is the uh is lore and story kind of always been a thing that's drawn that you've been drawn to absolutely yeah is world this, building is this um is this your guys kind of first game as a group yep yeah uh, our first game uh, for everyone is a team oh okay so <laughs> yeah so it, it, we take time uh, to improve the, the game step by step because we are not prof uh, we are not professional of the industry, but uh, we are learning with experience and uh, we we try to have the best game possible. What uh, has what are some of the challenges of, of making a cooperative multiplayer game? In this specific game, it is uh, all the the asymmetrical aspect. Um, we want that everyone has something to do. Uh, at uh, any moment, so no one is bored because he has nothing to do. Uh, so we're trying to design mechanisms uh, of interaction, and so that everyone has something to do at, at all times. And that's uh, quite difficult because it's uh, it's not a usual type of game. It's not a platformer which has been seen many times, a city builder or whatever. And uh, so we have to create best mechanisms. Right now. 
I tried many things, we cut many things, and uh, we're still improving. Was there always four roles? Sorry? Was there always four different classes or roles? Um, no, we, we switched from three to five. Uh, there is also a captain role that we might reintroduce at one point, an optional role. So if DLC. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if people want to play with a captain, it could be fun too. And uh, so we have to think how to include it without breaking all those other mechanisms. What uh, what platforms are you guys coming out for? To start with, it's going to be uh, like PC and iOS and Linux, and then we're going to hopefully, if we if we have the resources, port to um, tablet. Okay. Because it would be a good game for tablets, I think. Yeah, I think especially if you're all in the same room. Because that was always yeah. the thing about like Artemis or games like that, where it's like ideally we all want to be in the same room. For sure. Yeah. Um, yes. Have you guys played Artemis as a group? Yeah, it is a reason that the, why this game is, exists uh, today. It's because we have played Artemis and we have been we had a lot of fun with Artemis, but uh, uh, we've. May, we have seen we've played too much Artemis and uh, it doesn't offer so many new maps now so uh, we said if we want to play to a bridge simulator we have to create our own game so that came to Abyss That's, yeah it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting to see how it turns out are you guys far out from release or um, we hope to release like fairly early on next year in early access we're going to do the early access model like with Subnautica and yeah. the other ones um, just so we can, like, we nail down the gameplay and, like, the everything else, and then we just add more and more, like, story missions and stuff as we go, so. Cool. Well, is there, thanks for being on the question bus. Is there anything else you guys want to plug? Want to what? Like, plug? Like, uh, shout out. Like, what's your art station? Oh, it's uh, Paul Rebar at Art Station. And what's the game's Twitter? Uh, Abyss Crew Game. So if you want to play test the game, uh, feel free to contact us. Uh, so either by Twitter, by Facebook, by Discord, on Discord, and we will be happy to share with you the alphas that you can play test with your friend or with us. And uh, if you want to give us your feedback, uh, we can uh, change. Well, we can take it into account to, for the direction of the development of the game. Has Discord made it easier to do those like community play tests? It's actually yeah. the main software we use for uh, development because we're not all based in the same place. So we uh, we use it as sort of like a online studio. Kind of. Cool, yeah. awesome. Well, hope you have a good rest of the show at Megs. Hopefully, sure. there's a group of people that can kind of get together and all play it together. Because that's always one thing about these type of shows is like being able to play it with people you're familiar with. Like a new game with the people you're familiar with. With the developers is always a special experience. So Absolutely. Hope you guys get some good groups to come through. I'll have to bring the other. There's a few of us from Dark Dungeon here. For so, sure. Yeah. We'll be waiting for you. You guys got three station for three or uh-huh. okay. yeah, cool. See ya. And someone else can be the captain and just yell at the other ones. Yeah, so. I mean that's what Chris does anyways. You can see there his talk later today about creative direction. No. <laughs> okay. So uh, thank you for uh, this opportunity for the interview. Uh, thank you. Uh, thanks. Puts the nerves off my back because this is the first time I'm here ever doing this speech, so like yeah. it's kind of it's good that it starts out quiet what uh how many makes have you been to makes my first one this year oh okay cool and what's the indie pitch about the indie pitch for well since we're an indie game they like you know they want to showcase like the talents of the indie you know so like they put up prizes like for which game you know 
is you know more, very much more interesting yeah. and like the pitch how well you pitch and things like that so you get a prize and things like that. so yeah i'm pitching our game to them okay cool well yeah the levels sound good so cool to start ah Okay. okay. What's your name and what's your game? Uh, okay. I, my name is Paul Gussier. I am the AI developer at Natural Record Studios. And what's the uh, what's the game you guys are drawing? Okay, so the game that we're working on is uh, B3. It stands for Victus Vencimus Veterans Revenge. And the story is basically uh, two uh, veteran characters. One is based off of uh, actually Canada's ace dog fighter in World War One. Okay. And um, <laughs> nice Canadian content. Yeah. You know, got to put that Canadian pride in there. Yeah. And, uh, it helps with funding. You try to apply yeah, exactly. for CMF or something. Exactly. And uh, another, the other main character is a Tuskegee Airman. Uh, you know the red, red tail fighters in World War Two. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then them, him too. So uh, Bishop, which is the Canadian air fighter, he's the mentor of Ivory. But the thing is, they both come back at the same time. They rise back from the dead, and in the modern time they see like how the world has like a sudden switch they see the pretension and stuff like that they're disappointed and then they get revenge against their manipulators that use them as pawns and then they discover like the secrets of you know like what they're doing that is wrong and things like that you know and so they have to fight their way to uncover everything okay is that is the how's the kind of story told throughout the game so like in the first level in the game you see like ivory he awakes and then he's in a sudden the subway and then he has to clear that to get to the next level where he has to find out more secrets and each like each level you find out more secrets and more what you have to do to unravel the truly overall sinister plot of those manipulators and to finally annihilate them in the end so like in the beginning you will see like uh, the flashbacks of ivory like uh, fighting in World War Two and Bishop fighting in World War One, and you see him like he's teaching them like how to, you know, maneuver like planes, and that's where you see the scene of dog fights and things like that. So it really gives a good backstory for our veterans and what they have to do in the future. You know, so that's how the story starts. Is it uh, is it take place in kind of the same city, or what's the kind of? Actually, it takes place in many different cities. Like for example, the amphitheater in Jordan, the uh, Met in New York which is the one that we're showcasing like and even in outer space so like each level has like different cities that it goes to because each of these cities has a secret that you need to unlock oh okay so it's kind so, of like yeah. a national treasure exactly it's kind of <laughs> like that yeah okay and is it uh, is it your first game as a group together or? yeah first game as a group for us together and what uh, one thing I noticed uh, about your booth kind of thing is that you have a cinematic trailer mm-hmm. or some sort of cinematic video that's played that's yeah. pretty high quality for yeah, and it, an indie game. Exactly. And it's um, what's funny is that is that these are not even rendered like overall cinematics. That's in-game that we just chopped up and made a cinematic for. What, so these uh, are all in-game graphics. What kind of made you want to do that? Because well, it seems like a lot of people oh, like don't even really think about that kind of like booth presence when they yeah. show shows like this? Well, that's the thing. It all stems from our expertise as filmmakers because oh, okay. this game is originally a film screenplay, but our father, which is the one who writes the screenplays, he felt like, oh, you know, screenplays, they can be told so well if it was put into a game because people can interact with our stories. So that's why we believe that games 
is Tomorrow Cinema Today. That's our motto, Tomorrow Cinema Today, because we feel that games can express the cinematics in such a more in immersive and engaging way to an audience than just like, for example, sitting down and watching a movie because they can change the outcome of the story. Like, you can make them the winner, or you can make them the loser. It's all up to you. So that's why we chose it to do it like that. And when we want to build our games, we want to have an extreme presence because we want people to truly see uh, beautiful, high-quality content and interactive AI as well. We want to make it as realistic as possible. Um, I have a lot. I have a lot of questions now. Mm -hmm. A lot more questions. One um, is like father of film term, or are you like? Actually, oh, I'm talking about my real dad. <laughs> yeah, he's. A What's that like? What's it like working with your dad? On well, since like this? we are a family-based company, I work with my two brothers, my sister, and my dad. So he's the spearhead of everything, and we're all self-taught. So it's all like thanks to him that we're able to, you know, do what we do. So it's really, and especially since I grew up with them for such a long time, it's kind of easy like to get along and to understand like how to uh, initiate what we need to do. It's like we read each other's minds. So it's like a high mind of everything working very well together. Okay. Uh, so then you also work with your brothers. Yeah. What's that like? Is it like the sibling? Like, uh, how's the sibling dynamics when put into a game project? Um, the dynamics is extremely well. I'm actually surprised we don't fight at all. It's like yeah. we all seem to understand what we need to do in creating the game to truly make it the utmost fantastic experience as we can. So, yeah, that's how it is. It, it's just, it's so comfortable working with them. Like, yeah. I feel like, you know, if we had to get, like, under engineers, we will have, like, deferring opinions and things like that. While with your siblings, you may have slight differing opinions, but you come down to an agreement and you understand how the end of the story should be told to begin with. So, so did you guys play a lot of games together growing up then? <laughs> they play a lot of games. Me, I just, I like to read, you know, develop yeah. AI and things like that. Okay. What, uh, what, what, so what, what's kind of the AI like in this game? Okay, well, thank you for asking that because uh, traditionally AI, it's... It's static, you know, it has four set responses. You know, like, the AI will evade, it will aid, it will attack, it will wander around, like, patrol. Those are the set things that it does. And people find that pretty predictable, and then they, you know, they can overthrow that. But, but what I did is that I used deep Q learning, which is a neural network. This is true standard AI, machine learning, and things like that. Um, I implemented that inside the AI because it can create like tens, hundreds, even thousands of unique responses after reading what the player has done, his own unique moves, and reading the entire environment to better maneuver and to create dynamic counter-reactions and counter-attacks against the player. So the AI will never do the same thing over and over again because players, they, once they know like a static AI will do, they will use the same tactic to attack it. But with a dynamic AI, you have to switch your game plan all the time. So it always keep you on your feet. So you never become stagnant and like bored and like, ah, whatever, I predicted you, you know? So. And does that happen like every time you fail? Like is it, or is it, or is it kind Every of a, time, only on success it rebuilds its, uh, well, its strategy? Well, it's a bit of both. Like, for example, when you fail, they will realize, okay, this is what you do, so we're going to get you like that. But every time that you succeed as well, it also trains them, like, to do better the next time. What made you want to go down this route? Because, uh, like I said, to tell an immersive 
you know, realistic story. Um, I felt like if it had static AI, it won't tell the story completely because it's unrealistic and you won't really truly feel like it's a realistic immersive experience if you're doing the same things over and over. You wanted to make it real world as possible, like you're really changing a universe and you know, it's like a parallel. That's how we wanted our games to be shown. That's cool. Do you have any favorite like shooter AIs that, that you've checked out? Um, I, I was not really like maybe um, you know Rainbow Six Siege like maybe okay. I have like something about that yeah. when they showed the demo at E3 yeah. it looked good at that yeah. but like yeah. other than that um, shooter AIs and you know uh, battle you know Battlefield those are like really nicely done AIs yeah. as well but yeah I know and it's and it's tough because it's like without like I went to an AI roundtable mm. at GDC and they were like mad that nobody uh not since prey or no not prey oh there's just one shooter and now it's i can't believe i'm forgetting it but it's like everybody points to and is like that's like that's the best shooter ai and it, and it hasn't changed since 10 years so people need to find unique approaches to it to even get noticed on like uh peer level and i think what you're doing sounds really interesting with, with doing the neural network and training it's it's something that I know every game player has always thought, like, did it did it do that? Is that why it changed its way? And, and, mm-hmm. and kind of being upfront about it, I think, should provide, mm-hmm. like, some cool, exactly. some cool experiences. So how far along are you in development? Well, since we've been developing this for five years, I think we're almost on the completion of it now. Like, I would say, like, or maybe around 90%, but, like, there's a few stuff that we will need to do that to create to really wrap everything up and especially since this is also a VR experience, a virtual reality oh, okay. experience, um, there's a lot of steps that we need to take for that because we wanted to make this a customizable gameplay experience for everyone. So if you want to play it in VR where you can truly, you know, go inside and experience the environment and truly feel like you're part of it, that's one. If you are more of a first person shooter person, you can do that. Third person, you can do that as well. Um, and we even put it on PC, Xbox, PlayStation. Okay. So there's a lot of different um, ways to you know truly experience our development. So cool. Well, thanks for being on the question bus. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else you want to plug? Ah, nothing else. You don't else. have like a family Twitter account or something? <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, you know social media? Well, we do have our like Twitch, which is Beats of Hell. Um, yeah, and our mixer as well, you know. But all of that's in my mom's hands. Oh, she's part of the. She's yeah, part she's of the. the one who she's the part of the media. team. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> well, thanks. It's been a great time. Yeah, it was. Good luck with the best rest yeah. of the show. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much.